You're listening to The Way Home with Daniel Darling, a proud member of the Venom Audio Network. Well, hello and welcome, my friend. Glad you're joining me today for this podcast. I hope you're enjoying these episodes. Uh, I've enjoyed the last few weeks. We heard from people like Blair Lynn and uh, Colin Hansen talking about why it's important to go to church. And uh, we just heard uh, last week uh, from Randy Newman about C.S. Lewis and what he can teach us about evangelism. Well, this week we got a great guest in line, but before we do that, just want to encourage you as you're walking through this Christmas season, hope you're enjoying Advent, taking some time amidst the busyness of it all to really reflect on why we celebrate Christmas. Uh, I just love this season. There's so much richness in the story of Christmas, of the incarnation, of God coming to earth uh, as a human baby. Um, I love the hymn lyrics of the Christmas hymns that teach us so much about theology. I love the fact that Christmas uh, captures both the sadness of our world and the brokenness, but also the hope that Christ has come to renew and restore all things. So if that's you, I want to encourage you to pick up my book, The Characters of Christmas. Uh, This is a book that walks through the lives of the ordinary people caught up in the story of Jesus, those people around the nativity set that we wonder about. Who are these people? You know, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, uh, even talk about Herod and what motivated him to be such a ruthless uh, monster, really. And so if you're interested in that, you can go to my website, danieldarling.com, and find links to where you can buy the book, or you can just go to your favorite retailer, Amazon, Lifeway, uh, Christian Book, or independent bookstores, and get the characters of Christmas. I love for you to have that for your family this Christmas season. I also want to encourage you to sign up for my newsletter, uh, either the paid or the free version. You can see a link to that and a way to sign up for that as well on my website, danieldarling.com. Okay, my guest today is a really good friend of mine. His name is Kevin Halloran, and he does really good work with a ministry called Unlocking the Bible. You may be familiar with it. It's the teaching ministry of Colin Smith. Uh, They do really good work uh, helping people understand the scriptures. And Kevin has done really good work with them. He's worked with other ministries before. He uh, is bilingual. He's written books both in in Spanish and in English. He's a really thoughtful, uh, I would say, theologian. He's a graduate of Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and Taylor University. He has a great new book out called When Prayer is a Struggle. (laughs) which is a book that I need because I find prayer a struggle. I don't know about you. I know I need to pray and uh, try to develop regular patterns of prayer, but praying itself sometimes is hard to do. And Kevin has this really helpful little book that walks us through why prayer is a struggle, why we should press on and how God can help us better communicate with him. And so I'm always encouraged to have Kevin on the podcast to talk about this. So if you at this Christmas season are struggling with prayer, this may be a conversation that you want to pull up a chair and listen to. So let's join our conversation now with Kevin Halloran. I'm 
glad to have uh, my friend Kevin Halloran here on the Way Home Podcast. Kevin, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. So we've been friends for a while and have kind of hung out together, I think, at conferences and stuff. Uh, I think Gospel Coalition and other stuff, maybe T4G or whatever throughout the years. But you have worked a variety of places, mission organizations, and of course you work for Unlocking the Bible now, which is a great ministry with Colin Smith. Uh, love his preaching, love the ministry, love what you guys are doing there. But you have a new book out called When Prayer is a Struggle, uh, a practical guide for Ob- overcoming obstacles in prayer. And uh, love, I love this. I think, you know, when you think about prayer, I think most people are kind of where you are in that subtitle. Like they want to be prayer warriors, but they feel guilty that they're not good at it. Mm-hmm. Would, you think that's true? I think that is true. And that's part of the reason why I wrote the book, because that was me. I, I wrote it because about 10 years ago, I realized I needed a book like this. I loved the Lord, loved his church, loved to hear sermons on prayer and read books on prayer. And that would usually help me for a little bit, but I would kind of go back into my rut of struggling to pray for a variety of reasons. And so I went on a journey to to really diagnose why I struggled to pray. And then how do I overcome it, not only theologically, because we need a biblical foundation for our prayer lives, but I also wanted to examine my heart. What are the potential reasons, uh, maybe idols in my life that may contribute to my struggle to pray, but then also just practically, uh, what are some practical ways to overcome those struggles? And so, yeah, I I think, and part of the reason I decided to write the book is because I know I've heard from so many other believers who also struggle to pray and are frustrated for a variety of reasons. And one of the things I discovered in writing the book and looking through a bunch of great prayer tools is that overcoming the obstacles in our prayer lives is often a lot easier than we think. And I think that readers are going to find that and be really encouraged. Yeah, I I like that. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting with prayer. I think for myself, it's always been a struggle. Not not that I didn't want to pray, but just finding the discipline to pray. And uh, I think, you know, as life presses in on you a little bit more, you're kind of forced to prayer, forced to your knees in prayer. You know, you have you have family, you have children, you have all kinds of uncertainties in life that come along and you sort of, you know, you stop, I think, seeing it as something I have to do and start seeing something like, oh, I, <laughs> you know, I need to do this. I get to do this. How do we become people who pray beyond the emergencies, you know, beyond when we're in a crisis and developing a discipline of prayer? Yeah, I think there are two foundational things that every prayer life, every life of prayer needs. One of them is faith as it says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that it's impossible to please God without faith for prayer. And faith is really what drives prayer so often, but prayer also builds our faith as well. And so I think we need uh, faith, and I, I mentioned that in the introduction, but we also need love for God to really propel us, to cause us to uh, keep coming to Him because we want to, not because just of an emergency in our lives, but because we love him, we see him as our heavenly father who loves us as his children and invites us to pray in the gospel. And I think it's great to focus on growing our prayer lives, but really underlying that we should seek to grow our faith and grow our love for God. And that's going to 
Uh, it's going to help us so much more than just looking at some of the specific uh, issues and and tools for prayer. Uh, because without faith and love, any attempt to overcome obstacles in prayer will be artificial at best. I, I think that's so true. And every obviously everybody has different rhythms and things that work for them. But I do think you have some really good practical things here to help us develop it. And I think the way that the book is laid out is really helpful where you, you sort of walk through um, the reasons we don't pray, right? So I, you know, chapter one is I forget why prayer matters. Chapter two, I don't know what to pray. Chapter three, I feel too guilty to pray. Four, I'm not sure God hears me. Five, I have mixed motives. Six, I can't focus. <laughs> that would be me. Mm-hmm. Seven, I'm so unorganized. Eight, I'm too stressed. Nine, I'm too busy. So there's a mix, obviously, of, you know, some hard things and spiritual things, but also just not prioritizing prayer. You know, the first one where you we open up and just say, you know, why does prayer matter? It's really an important question, right? Uh, Philip Yancey has a great book that he wrote a few years ago about prayer. Like, why does it matter? And it really kind of actually more just goes into like theodicy and, you know, understanding God. But that's really what's at the heart of this, right? That we we don't pray because we don't really think it does anything. Yeah. And that goes back to what I said earlier about a lack of faith. And it's, that was one of the, you know, there, there were some surprises in writing the book. And one of them was realizing just an underlying struggle that's behind a lot of the struggles or all of the struggles is just forgetting why prayer matters, just not living by faith, forgetting that prayer is really a response to the conversation that God started in his word and in his ultimate revelation, Jesus Christ, and that we are responding to him, living in relationship with our Heavenly Father. And forgetting that and forgetting everything that God calls us to, it just makes all the other struggles so much more natural and prayer something we forget to do. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and, and just thinking, like, why does prayer matter? I mean, it's a mystery, right? Because if you believe in the sovereignty of God— you believe that God is sovereign over all things. There's a there's a sense in which you can think, well, why does it matter if I pray? Because this is going to happen anyway. And that's kind of a fatalistic, deterministic point of view. Uh, walk us through that. Like, wh- there's that kind of um, tension that God is in control, but God also listens to us, and our prayers can move heaven. So may- maybe explain kind of the theology behind prayer, if you will. I mean. Obviously, we've been wrestling with that for 2,000 years in church history, so I'm not expecting you to finally settle it here on this podcast, but kind of walk us through a little bit of that theology. Yeah, like you said, there is a tension. God is sovereign over every detail of life and the universe, and yet he still calls us to pray. And in his sovereignty, he permitted that man could pray to him, and, and that can change things under his sovereign will. And it's pretty amazing when we think about it. And I, I think it was R.C. Sproul who, who said, you know, who answered that question, why pray if God is sovereign? But he kind of flipped it on its head and he said, well, why would you pray if God wasn't sovereign? If he didn't control everything, if he didn't know that he could hear your prayers and then act according to your prayers, according to his will. And I think my encouragement to your listeners is to uh, just just look to God and trust in him in that and rest in his sovereignty and don't let sovereignty be an obstacle, but look at the commands that God gives us in scripture to pray, which often 
yes, they're commands, but they're often followed by really great promises. You know, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And it, it is a mystery. Why does God choose to answer some of our prayers and not others? We, we don't know. But at the same time, one, one thing I mentioned in the book is that a prayer is kind of like a seed. And we can plant that seed and we don't know exactly what the Lord is going to do, right? How long does it take to plant a seed? You know, maybe 20 seconds. I'm not, I don't have a green thumb, but not, not very long. But that seed could potentially grow up into a tree and then could, uh, there can, it can spread other seed and it could become a forest in a generation or two. And I think it's the same with our prayers, that if we are praying uh, for ourselves, for the world, interceding for others, God's going to do great things above and beyond what we can even imagine sometimes. And uh, so, yeah, that's my encouragement to your listeners is look to God, look to his sovereignty as a good thing, as a motivator to pray instead of something to kind of make us question, well, why even pray at all? Well, God commands us to pray. So lean into that and lean into his goodness and uh, his power and let that motivate you more than anything. That's such a good word. And and I think, I think too, the question of why should we pray also goes back to obedience, right? God invites us to pray. He commands us to pray. Um, and, you know, if you think about it as a relationship that God actually invites us to talk to him mm-hmm. and is listening, what a great invitation that we have. And so beyond the pragmatic of does it work, does it not work, but like God is actually inviting us to do this as a, as a, as a spiritual practice. One of your chapters is, I, you know, I feel too guilty to pray. And I think this is, this plagues us too, because you can kind of get in this endless prayer loop where you feel like I'm not the prayer where I need to be. I don't pray enough. I don't have the disciplines. Even just to start, I feel guilty about praying. Or maybe you, you feel like, you know, if you have unresolved sin or unresolved tensions or unresolved relationships or things. Uh, we feel like, well, I can't go to the Lord in prayer because I've got too much here. Walk us through that, you know, thought process. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that the gospel is for sinners, right? That you look at every character in the Bible besides Jesus, of course, every human, and they're all incredibly flawed. And yet God calls us to himself in the gospel. And I love the, the, petition in the Lord's prayer that says, forgive us our debts. I mean, that's Holy Spirit inspired. The disciples asked Jesus, how do we, how do we pray? And Jesus said, pray like this and pray for forgiveness. So we need to remember that God prescribes that petition for sinners like us, meaning that he fully expects us to need this petition and he fully wants to answer it. And so I think we need to lean into the gospel and, and let our guilt drive us to prayer and not keep us from prayer because God invites sinners to himself in Christ. And we, and as we live in faith, as we live in repentance, we can be confident that as it says in Hebrews four, that we have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. And, uh, he was without sin and Hebrews four sixteen says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I love that last phrase, in the time of need. Uh, this presupposes we, we're going to need. We're going to need his help. We're going to need his grace. And as we grow in our understanding of the gospel, as we grow in our understanding of grace, that's going to transform us. Not only 
to help us draw near to God with confidence and say, God, I'm a sinner. You know, you know what I did, you know, the thoughts I had, but thank you that you're my father because of what Christ has done and not because of what I've done. And something I keep coming back to in the book is that God is our father and that changes our relationship completely. Uh, as we think about prayer, you know, God isn't, you know, a mysterious force like the force in star Wars. He's not a, a demanding boss who will get mad at us and yell at us and give us the cold shoulder. You know, he's not uh, like Santa Claus who will just give us whatever we want without really wanting a relationship. He's a father who knows us and loves us and knows what's best for us. And, and yes, he disciplines us at times, but you know, any believer who's gone through the Lord's discipline in the end knows that, you know, he is good and wise and loving. And I think that can give us confidence as sinners uh, to remember that the gospel is for us. For me, I think uh, the, the more I dwell on that, the more, you know, immediately, if I am feeling guilty for something, I just come near to my father and realize that he'll forgive and he'll give me strength. And through that process of preaching the gospel to myself through prayer, God grows me. And that, that's a very important part of the repentance process. It's just meditating on the gospel and continuing to come back to God again and again. Hello, friends. I just want to tell you about a really new partnership uh, that we have developed with an amazing company called Canopy. Now, I don't know about you, but as a parent, I find it increasingly difficult to monitor my children's internet consumption with all the devices and computers. And how do you balance safety on the internet in terms of objectionable content, pornography, and things that we don't want them to see with speed and use of the internet for things that they need, like their homework, getting a hold of them. My oldest one is driving and I want to be able to her to have a way to get a hold of me. How do you do that? Well, sometimes it feels like you have to prioritize either speed and accuracy and accessibility or safety. Well, my friends at Canopy have developed this really neat tool that they beta tested in Israel. And it's so good, they brought it over to the United States. And it uses this proprietary technology uh, using artificial intelligence to block objectionable images, but not always necessarily websites. And so how this works is that even on your their phones, if someone texts them something objectionable or they're going to a website that they need to go to, but there's objectionable images, it doesn't block the website, but it'll block the, the images from coming through. And it works uh, in multiple apps that are on their phone in ways that a lot of other filters don't. It's a great, great tool. And if you are a Way Home listener, you can go to canopy.us slash wayhome. That's canopy.us slash wayhome, C-A-N-O-P-Y dot U-S slash wayhome. And you can get a special discount. Your first 30 days free and 20% off of Canopy for life. So you want to do that. Go to canopy.us slash wayhome and check this out. It's a great tool that I know you will use and, and be thankful for as a parent. I want to talk about another kind of objection, that, and then I really want to think through some practical ways and practices that might help folks. This one, I'm not sure God hears me. For people who might think, man, does God actually hear me? Are my prayers getting past the ceiling? Is this even working? Does God even hear me and see me? I think of people who suffer significantly. Maybe they have suffered with chronic pain, or maybe they have been uh, traumatized in some way through abuse or 
some terrible tragedies happened to them or they've been abandoned and they just feel like I cry out all day and God doesn't hear me. Something that we actually read in the in the Psalms and other places, right? That um, people saying, God, do you, do you even hear me? Uh, speak to that. Yeah, that's a crucial obstacle to prayer. And that's why I have a chapter on it. Like you said, there are many examples of, of people in Scripture, Old and New Testaments, of people who felt like that. You know, the Psalms, there's Habakkuk, there's the Apostle Paul who pleaded three times for the thorn to be removed, and yet God said, my grace is sufficient for you. I mean, there's even the Lord Jesus Christ who said, take this cup, let it pass, but not my will, but your will be done. And uh, in that chapter, I I mention a few reasons why God may not respond to our prayers. Um, One of them is that we may be harboring sin in our hearts. Psalm 66 mentions that. Um, And there can be sin in our hearts that impacts so many different areas of our lives. But there there are other times where it's not sin in our hearts. It's not uh, anything like that. But it's just simply we don't know how God is working in our lives. And we may have a, a really hard calling, a really hard cross to bear. And one of the encouragements I have in that chapter is, is to rest and rely on God and his, his loving kindness for us. We know that he hears us if we're his children, right? He, he may not answer us immediately. He may not answer us in the way that we want. Uh, he answers yes. He answers no. And sometimes he answers wait. And sometimes, sometimes we have to wait a really long time. But I think it's important for us as believers to remember that God is working on the landscape of eternity and that the, the afflictions that we face today, he may have a good and wise plan for. And we may never know that, but we can, we can look forward to what is ours because I think it was Lingan Duncan who said that our suffering has an expiration date. And often the pain and trials we face in this life, God permits because that deepens our longing for him, our, deepens our longing for heaven, deepens uh, the, our heart cry, your kingdom come, your will be done. And God is working in us and through us in that. And it's incredibly painful. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word. Uh, let's talk about some practices of, of a prayer. I know you have a lot of resources in here, which I love in the back. Actually, there's some resources from Calvin or the Puritans, reformers, and then you list a bunch here, which I, you know, some that, you know, I've used before that I love that can help folks, you know, praying through the Psalms, Trevor Wax's book and Luther's book, Simple Way to Pray, which is helpful, or things like Operation World, if you wanted a prayer guide for the nations, which is really a great practice. Um, There's just all kinds of really good stuff in here. I, I like Nancy Guthrie's book, One Year Praying Through the Bible as well, but you have some really good, helpful ways, you know, kind of practices and things that you use. Maybe walk through a few things that you recommend to others or you have uh, tried to implement in your own life in terms of establishing some prayer practices. Absolutely. One of the biggest things I recommend in the book, one of the most important things, probably the most important thing people hear in our conversation right now is just the habit of praying scripture regularly. And there's so many benefits to doing that, but that's one of the tools, one of the practical tips you could say that's going to help people overcome just about every obstacle in the book. And there are good reasons for that. One of them is it helps with our focus. It gives us a path to walk on as we're thinking about prayer. As you read scripture, turn what you're reading 
into a prayer to the Lord, respond to the conversation God has started. And it also that also broadens what we pray for. It gives us the focus that God wants us to have. We're not just praying for ourselves, praying the same things over and over, praying generic prayers like, Lord, bless so-and-so, bless me, bless this. And I mean, that's good, and I pray for that, but it helps to be more specific. And as we read you know, the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, there are so many different things we can just take right back to the Lord in prayer. So encourage people, pray with an open Bible, because we're responding to what the Holy Spirit has inspired, and we're taking that right back to God. So that means that God is going to want to answer it. God wants us to grow in holiness. He wants us to live according to his will. And in scripture, we have his revealed will. So it says in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And that gives me incredible confidence uh, to pray scripture right back to God. And there's, there's a couple other ways that we can pray uh, scripture or pray with scriptural priorities. One of them is praying the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, Dan, you mentioned the a simple way to pray by Martin Luther, and he recommends just breaking the Lord's Prayer apart into different petitions and just filling in each petition with as many praises and prayer requests as possible. So first start with our Father in heaven and hallowed be your name. Pray uh, to God our Father. Pray for his name to be hallowed in every area of your life and everything you can think of. Uh, pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Just go petition by petition, filling in all these requests. That gives us a really helpful template for us to pray. Um, for me, that that using that method helps me re-engage when I'm distracted in prayer. Because if I'm distracted either from my young daughter or you know I get a phone call or something, I can make a mental bookmark. Okay, I just finished with your will be done. Time to move on to give us this day our daily bread. Uh, and also, I recommend for people to pray the Lord's Prayer specifically uh, for a specific issue or person in their lives. And thinking through everything going on in Afghanistan these days, I think praying the Lord's Prayer would be uh, amazing, uh, specifically for uh, believers in Afghanistan and the, and the pastors there. Pray for God's name to be hallowed. And even in the crazy evil that's happening, the danger people are experiencing, pray for his kingdom to come. And for many of the Taliban to come to know Christ, yeah. uh, pray for his will to be done. You know, this looks like an incredible mess from a human perspective, but God has used incredible messes for incredibly mm-hmm. glorious purposes. Cry out to God for that. <laughs> Cry out to God for daily bread, for provision for the the believers who are struggling there and uh, just keep going down the line. And, and And praying that way helps us pray in a very well-rounded way way. And it also helps us remember the sin in our own hearts because we pray, uh, forgive us our debts. And we pray, lead us not into temptation, deliver me from evil. So it, it, it's just a, such, such a powerful, useful, and simple tool that, that the Lord's going to hear um, and, and work through, not only in our hearts, but you know whatever we're praying for. Uh, and then one other thing I'll mention Actually, I'll mention a couple things. In the chapter on focus, I recommend several different ways we can grow and focus in prayer. And one way that helps me focus is to go for a walk. It's Mm -hmm. simple. I usually take a note card or a sticky note 
jot down a couple scriptures on there, jot down maybe four or five bullet points of what I want to pray for, focus uh, on in that prayer session. And I go for a walk, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, and that helps me block out different distractions. And for whatever reason, that helps me focus. Yeah, that's really good. You know, I, I love that practice. And, you know, different people do different things. You know, uh, some people suggest, you know, every day of the week has a different prayer focus. You know, one for the nations, maybe another day you're praying for your family, maybe another day you're praying for, you know, your church or whatever. I also just like some of the ideas that you put in here. And the the, the other thing is, and I think I think a lot of low church folks like us maybe um, have a have a, an aversion to this, but I actually have found praying classic prayers, besides praying scripture, but praying some classic prayers, like praying the Puritan prayers or praying. Uh, even through the Book of Common Prayer, things like that can really be a a wonderful help and a stimulant. You know, there obviously we want to be honest and sincere when we pray, but there's also some just great theology in some of these historic prayers too, isn't there? There is, and I mentioned that in my second chapter on not knowing what to say. And like you said, we can follow some of those pre-written prayers, and it really stirs our hearts and gives us good mentors of godly people who are saturated in the scriptures who can teach us how to pray. And I, I found that extremely helpful when, you know, I want to pray. Well, actually, when I want to want to pray, but I'm just too tired or too busy. My mind is somewhere else. It kind of helps anchor me and gives gives me a path to think through. But also, I, I really found that shaped my heart. I would have never prayed for some of those things if some of those great uh, spiritual giants of the past ha- haven't pointed me in that direction, but incredibly fruitful practice. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I, I encourage that regularly. Man, this is a great book. I want to encourage all of you who are listening to pick up this book. It's called When Prayer is a Struggle, a Practical Guide for Overcoming Obstacles in Prayer. It's a small book, so you can read it in a couple of uh, sittings. And so whether you're someone like me who reads a lot of books or you're someone who's listening and says, man, I'm just not a reader, you pick up this book and it's really practical stuff to help your prayer life and help you become a, and it's, it's guilt free. So this is not going to beat you over the head with 10 chapters telling you how, how terrible you are at prayer. Look, all of us could get better in prayer. And uh, this this really helps get you there. So I want you to get this from my friend Kevin Halloran. When prayer is a struggle, we'll have links in the show notes. Kevin, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. It's been a joy. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Way Home Podcast with Daniel Darling. For more information, you can visit danieldarling.com. If you do like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. We also encourage you to rate and review so others can know about the podcast. You can follow me at at dandarling on Twitter or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash danielmdarling. I also want to encourage you again to check out my latest book, Away With Words, and you can visit awaywithwordsbook.com. Thank you for listening again to The Way Home Podcast.
This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.